I don't know what any of this shit is, and I'm fucking scared. First, you're going to tell me about this dying stuff. Sorry about that. What is a scientist? You caught me like I'm experimenting with science. It's like magic with electricity. I know that. I'm not stupid. I'm smarter than you. The smartest scientists in the entire world all agree science is a liar sometimes. Seriously, this could not seem less scientific. Those idiots don't know anything about science. It's science. I believe it's pronounced science. This is the least scientific thing I've ever seen. So I'm just experimenting with them? You'll be quiet. Thank you, scientists. I was up in the office at my job today, and I heard some kid that I've worked with plenty of times ask somebody else, hey, have you ever seen the show on Netflix? I think you should leave. And it was like, what? <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, don't. It's funnier when it's screamed, especially when there's people around that don't get it. <laughs> here come rapid fire quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you weren't planning on talking about yeah. anything else for the next half hour. Yeah, we're going to reenact three seasons right now. <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I start, uh, I was showing him the, uh, I think you should baseball. Instagram okay. page because I was like, well, do yourself a favor if you like baseball and you like this. And I get to there's one with the uh, I think it's a good idea and I stand by it. Ruben Rabasa. Right. And he, he goes, I don't know if I know that sketch. I was like, fuck. Why you. do you mean you don't know okay. that one? He's like, I, I'm I, I got to be honest. I don't know that I've seen all of season one yet. I go, All right. Well, um, so what are you doing with your life? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You want to keep watching seasons two and three over and over again. Yeah, but you're, 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 you're missing what kicked it off. You're missing the bedrock. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> he was like, uh, "So what?" He's like, do, "Do you know where in season one?" I was like, "It's it's going to be a guess, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, season one, episode three, about the third or the fourth sketch in." If I had to take a wild swing at it, <laughs> he goes, that was really precise. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm not a hundred percent, but <laughs> I wouldn't bet against you. I, mm, I, it might be episode four. Same. It's, it's not the first one. It's a couple in of the sketch okay. of the episode rather. So, yeah, I think you should leave. If you have not seen that, then I don't know. Then, go listen. then almost you probably don't know the- us. Yeah. <laughs> and half the quotes in the intro don't make sense to you as yeah. opposed to the other half of the quotes which also don't make sense to you yeah those are yeah. Uh, I think you should leave Futurama Matt Pike Half-Baked and uh, oh, Disenchantment yeah. oh, and Always okay. Sunny yeah. Yeah. yeah so the, the the science is Disenchantment okay. and that is um, it's actually Abby Jacobson, I think her name is. She was one of the one of the gals from Broad City. Okay. But you did point out that she does sound very much like Amy Wong from Futurama, at least in I, that specific. Yeah, I thought that's what it was from because I'm not familiar yeah. with the source material. But I should know it because it is the intro for Oh sorry, as you were sipping. Hello, y'all. I'm Chris. I'm Charles. And we're uh, talking about science. 
Yeah, and I threw that intro, I threw that at you right as you were taking a sip, my bad. Absolutely, that's quite all right. We're still working on chemistry here. We've only known each other a quarter century. Yeah. And as we've, we've already stated, we don't do a lot of episodes on chemistry anyway, so thus it needs more work. That's right. <laughs> Hello. Uh, what the hell was I going to say? There was a thing I wanted to bring up about... I don't know. It'll come back to me. It'll come back to me when we're not supposed to be talking about it. So <laughs> we'll seg right into Just, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we got tonight? The plan was to talk about. So we've been kind of talking about black holes in pretty much all the physics-based podcasts. They come up, uh, in particular, in the Brian Cox podcast that from two ago. They came up uh, as far as being the Rosetta Stone. Um, and Stephen Hawking also came up and Stephen Hawking is kind of synonymous with black holes because that was one of the big things that he did in his life. I believe there's a, on his tombstone, his form or his equation for the temperature of black holes is actually etched into his tombstone. So he, uh, he goes hand in hand with that. So I think we were planning on talking about Stephen Hawking and, uh, deep diving into black holes somewhat and it kept uh I, f- I feel like we were gonna talk about him a couple of times but then it was brian cox happened and then interstellar happened because yeah. again we have to phone it in every now and again with research <laughs> um and uh yeah now we're actually you are actually gonna talk about him until the next time we have to bring up black holes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but at least now we'll have a base everyone will understand a little bit more maybe and kind of uh be able to follow along I don't know. I do my best. It, it's it's not an easy topic for sure. Stephen Hawking was a uh, incredibly smart guy. Uh, I mean, th- the tragedy of of him suffering from ALS, but still being able to figure out ways to pass along what was in that uh, exquisite brain of his is uh, pretty amazing in itself. And had a really good sense of humor about him. Yes. Yeah, he was in all the the funny stuff. Yeah, he was in is Simpsons, Futurama, uh, uh, with uh, Family Guy. Well, Family Guy was just outright making fun of him. He wasn't in that necessarily. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it or not, he was in Family Guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, he, he also did a. Uh, we didn't. I don't think we brought it up in the Brian Cox podcast, but. Uh, Brian Cox was asked to do something for uh, like a filmed sketch for the Monty Python reunion shows that they did. Uh, Stephen Hawking still had to be alive. So at least, yep. I don't know, like maybe 10 years ago or so. And uh, it's Brian Cox talking about how uh, the song great big universe that they do is uh, scientifically inaccurate. And then you just see much like Monty Python is very good at a very small dot getting larger and larger and larger in the background until you see that it's Stephen Hawking and he slams into him with his wheelchair and knocks him into a river. <laughs> or, yeah. Cause Brian Cox is being nitpicky, right? He was uh, yes. kind of like, yeah, I mean, and obviously he wasn't wrong, but yeah, it was shut up. <laughs> yeah. So they both have good sense of humans on them. So yeah. And Brian Cox will say things like, imagine that. And yeah. the big bang. 
He was being the polite and fascinating version of, well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually sounds charming out of British. Out of his British, sure. Out of his British, yeah. Yeah. Not not like that. That's uh, not right, you fucking uh, cunt. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Not that British. That's a different British. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Hawking was also British. He was. Uh, yeah. It's too bad they didn't give his his voice thing a British accent. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny. He was uh, like the, his voice thing took uh, a significant amount of AI. It, it's fairly advanced for, you know, the things that we use today. But he was uh, kind of outspoken. I don't know if he was being cheeky about it, though. But uh, he said that AI is going to going to be the doom of humanity. Pretty much, he was not a not a fan of AI, or at least thought that it could lead to uh, to bad things. And particularly, he was saying uh, if it ever gets to the point where it's smarter than us, look out! Yeah, <laughs> now it's smarter just, than us. <laughs> it'll just cut the cancer out of its body and <laughs> move on. I don't need this thing; yeah. it's killing me. Be the new dominant. Yeah, it's a stupid flesh sacks holding me back. Stupid flesh sacks holding Very me back. Interesting. I think he wrote that in one of his rhymes, Stephen Hawking. He's also a big rapper. Yeah, he's, he had bars. Well known <laughs> for his bars. Um, let's see, Stephen Hawking. So, uh, nope, lost it already. <laughs> I was going to say something no. about that. <laughs> a, a cool thing about that equation that we just referenced. So it's the temperature of black holes is the equation to figure that out. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I could. No, I probably can't share it. But maybe we'll, we'll, we'll share a, some kind of link. I'll find the link to it. But I have, uh, I have it written out here. But um, the cool thing about it is it's one of the first equation that combines some of the main pillars of physics that normally don't play nice with each other. So there is uh, both quantum mechanics come into, into it as well as relativity. And then there's also gravitation and thermodynamics. So all of those ideas mix into this equation when you're talking about how to find out what the temperature of a black hole is. So it's kind of a, a revolutionary idea in that regard and quantum and relativity are the ones that really don't play nice with each other right right yeah relativity works very well on the scale of the big and quantum works very well on the scale of the small and we don't know how they mix in a black hole duh (laughs) yeah and and that's why if we can figure those out there's a lot of stuff going on that uh it would be a game changer. You just can't get in them. It's oh, it's you can get in them pretty easy. You just can't oh, get okay, out of fair them. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And you can't yeah. you can't tell anybody what you saw. I think that's the craziest <laughs> thing because even a walkie-talkie, like if if you're on one side of the event horizon with a walkie-talkie, and I go on the other side with a walkie-talkie on the other side mm-hmm. of the event horizon, I hit the button and talk back to you. Because space is contracting or receding or flowing away from you 
at the speed of light or faster than the speed of light, that walkie-talkie signal can't get back to you because it has to travel through space from one point to another, but space just keeps sinking. So you'll never hear me. Space itself just collapsing around the sound. Yeah. Just being throwing it back in. Flowing downwards. That's crazy. Right yeah, into a bookshelf, apparently, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> into, into all the bookshelves of all time. <laughs> as far as Interstellar would have you believe. <laughs> um so what I, I know we we brought up a little bit, but is there like a little bit more in-depth answer about um, that Hawking has the theory of uh, stuff gets out. Like it doesn't get out through the way it came in, but it's getting out somewhere and therefore yeah. it can potentially be re- reassembled. Like does that, yeah. is that related to his, um, what's that thing called? Uh, equation? Or is that just solely what the temperature would be inside of the black hole? So I think the equation is just the temperature. Okay. But uh, the other thing you're talking about is Hawking radiation. That's uh, okay. been named after him because, I mean, when he came out with the idea, it was kind of mocked almost that it was like, that, that's ridiculous. Nothing comes out of a black hole. Once it goes in, that's it. It goes in. But it, it's like, it's well known already that, a black hole is like, if you see an active black hole, it's one of the brightest things you're going to see, like uh, as far as telescopes and shit like that. And that's because as the matter is orbiting around, it's not like a vacuum cleaner. Again, it's just a, a, a place in space where it's crazy massive. That That's really all it is. And we have no idea what comes in, what comes out rather because of the mass pulls shit in. So like, light will actually orbit around the thing and especially with supermassive black holes because they're so big the speed that it orbits at the friction the the energy that it gives off the, that accretion disk it it's crazy bright and you can see it from you know billions of miles away that's how we've discovered various things and that was your your point about interstellar with you don't know that planets could exist that close because they're not necessarily getting the warmth. You're just able to see the light. Right. right? It may you're not able be... to see the light will get to you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be heated to a temperature that would sustain life kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It may yeah. not give enough energy to, uh, support a planet. And there's also the problem, like I said, in, in the interstellar podcast, that's just visible light. There's a whole bunch of light on the spectrum that we can't see. There could be uh, various ultraviolet light that's uh, more energetic. And we have on the earth, like the, the sun also gives off ultraviolet light. Everybody knows about it. You need sunscreen, you need uh, UV glasses and all that kind of stuff. But our atmosphere and our magnetic sphere uh, do pretty well at keeping a lot of that out. If it was multiplied the amount that it was actually giving off. I don't know that our atmosphere could keep it out. It could even, you know, be powerful enough to strip it off. So yeah, living on a planet like that, orbiting a black hole with that much, when you're that close, all the UV rays that would be whipping around there at such high speeds 
I don't know. It would, it wouldn't be good. So what? Like if um, uh, so you're saying that? Oh, all right. Here's the question that I was trying to ask in the first place. Uh, so we we can detect ultraviolet right though light though correct yes like so is ultraviolet right light also getting sucked into black holes or we we're not sure yeah okay it would be it, even like technically the cosmic microwave uh background radiation is getting pulled in as well if, if it even gets close that enough. motherfucker even, can't even that nothing shit yeah Wow. And that's everywhere. It is quite the formidable foe that uh, yeah. <laughs> Meet cosmic <your> match. microwave. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking wild. So then, yeah. right, back to still on that. So if it's if if it's sucking in ultraviolet radiation, then how is the ultraviolet radiation getting to the planets and jacking them up and stealing their atmosphere and? Poisoning kind life. Of, I guess kind of similar to why it's harder for us to launch something directly into the sun versus launch something out of the solar system because of the speed that it's moving at and the direction that it's coming in. So this ultraviolet radiation mm -hmm. isn't necessarily coming from the black hole. It's coming from elsewhere, but just moving, getting caught in that gravity and orbiting close. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not radiating from the black hole itself, but it's getting drawn no. closer to, and because you're close to something so massive, more of it's going to get drawn in. Right. Uh. Yeah. No, that, and, and that's not Hawking radiation. I'm just, we're just talking about black holes in general. Hawking radiation yeah. is fucking mind melty. So <laughs> let's melt. Yeah, I'll do my best here. Okay. So <laughs> outside of the uh, black hole, the space right out, th there's even a point where if light gets too close, it's going to get sucked in and get pulled into the event horizon. So there, there's a point between that accretion disk and the event horizon that's empty. However, we've talked about it before. Empty space is not necessarily empty. It's, it's, an invisible froth. So there are virtual particles that pop in and out of existence. And the virtual particles are both matter and antimatter. Typically in normal space, they pop into existence, annihilate and disappear. So there's no violation of conservation of energy and stuff like that. They borrow energy from the universe and then give it right back. So everything kind of cancels out. And they, they also go, Ah, uh, that's when it they, they do. Yeah, <laughs> when they annihilate, yeah. it sounds like an old man getting hurt. <laughs> 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 that's true. Um, shit. So, and accretion disc. I brought that up to you before. That's uh, what was the the fancy word? The the short, the Schwarzschild. The Schwarzschild, or I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's something like that. But that's the uh, the radius. So, um, oh, okay. So yeah. that's th that which isn't the same as the accretion. The accretion disk is the event horizon, right? The accretion disk exists just outside the event horizon. Okay. The Schwarzschild radius and the event horizon are basically the same thing. So that's okay. just there's a guy named Schwarzschild who came up with an equation and uh, or, or 
more accurately, I guess, solved Einstein's equation and uh, noted that everything, even the Earth, has this point where if the mass exists within this radius, it basically would become a singularity. So the Earth's Schwarzschild radius is somewhere deep within the Earth. Most of the mass of the Earth is actually outside of it, and that's why it doesn't collapse. But in the case of black holes, the mass is actually inside that radius, and that's why it collapses. So that radius and the event horizon are the same thing. It's just the point where if all the mass is gathered within that, it collapses. And it varies Uh, based on how massive something is. All right. Yeah, so that was kind of the first guy to point out, hey, Einstein's theory is kind of broken. If we do this shit, we get bullshit numbers or we get something that goes to infinity or dividing by zero, whatever the thing is that breaks it. And that's a mathematical singularity. And uh, it was like, this this can't exist. And then we found them. Neato. Yeah. Uh, Well, since I'm already asking you the questions that I texted you earlier, hey, do you know how to answer these questions? So what is, and this is me pulling this directly out of uh, Thor Ragnarok, what is an Einstein-Rosen bridge? Uh, That's another word for a wormhole. It's just, yeah, it's something that I guess is predicted by or allowed by general relativity. Um, all it, it, it's a theoretical hole in space kind of where if you were to picture space, kind of like interstellar, they, they explain it pretty well that if you were to picture space as a piece of paper and fold mm. the paper in half and then punch through from one side to the other, that you could technically move through space quicker. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was just, just the first time I ever heard that term. I, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I should really Google I, this. save it for this show it sounds like a a, a, could be an accountant name (laughs) uh the let's see on summer's bridge uh oh yeah so that that's the other thing that uh dr banner is saying he says it looks like it's a einstein rosenbridge inside of a collapsing neutron star like that when they're talking about like the devil's anus that they have to fly back through. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't. I don't remember which is inside. Collapsing. Yeah. yeah. The collapsing neutron star. I don't know what it collapsed to a black hole. Like, and how long does that take? That sounds like a. I gotta reroute the. I, I hit the firewall. I gotta reroute through the mainframe. Yeah. Just throwing <laughs> out technical terms that sound reasonable. <laughs> Yeah. You just said a few things in a row. <laughs> That's all that right. was. <laughs> yeah, neutron uh, stars. As far as we know, I mean, I don't, I don't think they collapse because if they collapse, it's just going to be a black hole, and that I don't think happens slowly. I guess maybe, and like that was the other thing about that. That was just in the sky on a planet in Ragnarok yeah. when the, we're. Yeah, when, uh, like, look at that. Yeah, look at that thing that's up there that's in the sky all the time. <laughs> but yeah, that's fuck. what, like, the, sh- the shit would fall out of that, right? That's the stuff that the would fall out of that onto the collector's planet. So I guess it was kind of going both ways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with a wormhole, it's not like a black hole is a one-way trip, but a wormhole, theoretically, is, is a, a 
path that you can go through. It's like shoots and ladders. I don't know that I ever won shoots and ladders. I feel like I never fucking won hor- that game. It's a horrible game. And if you play with the wrong kids, you got to make sure one of them wins so that it doesn't end in a fist fight. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> How, how often how often do you have the thought of do you have any idea how much this wouldn't suck if you guys didn't just fight? Oh, Is it all just the time. Like multiple times yeah. a day? Candyland, we don't really play anymore. And if we do play Candyland, it's my wife has the cards. Rapid fire goes orange next, green next. But like she doesn't give any time, right? It's <laughs> you gotta you gotta get in there, pay attention because we're moving. Because otherwise, yeah. It ends poorly. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like Casino Candyland. <laughs> you don't have time. Are you playing this or not? Are we playing right. this or not? If you don't want to play, get out. <laughs> get out. Get away from the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't sit at the table unless you're playing. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty accurate. I know it's not a. Uh... It's not a new idea, but fucking, uh, yeah, National Lampoon Vegas Vacation did it, but, or some version of, but to just be able to play uh, like those kind of games at a casino, like play board games at a casino for yeah. money. What was the, what number am I thinking of? That was yeah. Vegas Vacation, <laughs> <so> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Heads or tails. Seven, nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many fingers am I holding up behind my back? I think might have been one of them too. Um, I would crush categories at a casino. I bet you would. I would murder that game, or so I think. I might be overly confident, and there could be just yeah, a bunch of a bunch of college kids, fucking English classes, English majors, just coming in. It's like, yeah, I know every word. <laughs> that would yeah i guess it depends on your sobriety i, th- I think you know a lot of words <laughs> i do and it's amazing the ones that come out when i am drunk <laughs> <laughs> you, they're not usually real no <laughs> <laughs> there'd be a lot of rulings against me <laughs> <laughs> you have the dealer and just somebody looking up the words each person says <laughs> The boss is a dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Spelf. Good get him out of here. <laughs> Spelf. <laughs> Vlieb. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> the uh, by the way, the pit boss's dictionary is a good uh, is a good band name, or at the very least, an album. I could see that. Yeah. Write that one down. You write it down. <laughs> I don't have anything for that. <laughs> Someone write it down and email us. Yeah. We remember. Uh, let's see. Oh, all right. Stuff for <laughs> movies. There we go. I got it. I get us back on course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Swartzchild Radius, or however you put I'm sorry. I'm butchering that, that name, but that, that's somebody's name. Oh, which I found out there was a guy named Peter Higgs, and that's who the the Higgs boson is named after. Because I remember we, we asked that at some point. So, yeah, he was, there was one guy that was like, "There's got to be some shit that like makes all the shit into shit." 
and they <laughs> named it after him. And he was right. They were like, we'll name it after you. <laughs> In spite of how crudely you pre- presented your argument. <laughs> it's vulgar, but you're right. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it, Peter. <laughs> he's out of line, but he's right. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, you got this event horizon. Mm-hmm. But... If you were near the event horizon and crossed over to the other side of the event horizon, physics math says you would not notice anything. There's no difference from one side. We're assuming you got through the accretion disk and didn't get x-rayed into pieces or, you know, whatever is going through there. So now you're in that empty space. You cross over. You don't know. From one side to the other, it looks exactly the same. And again... Space is frothy, so all this froth is also falling with you. So you're both crossing in. It doesn't look like anything is going on at the event horizon. Now, imagine you're in a rocket in this empty space near the event horizon. You didn't cross it yet. You're on the outside, and you're accelerating away. So you're moving away, but space is is moving in. So now you're actually going to notice these virtual particles that are moving past you through space as you're, relatively speaking, sitting still just past the event horizon. Because everything is moving in, you're accelerating away, you're not actually gaining, you're not getting any distance between yourself and the event horizon. But all the stuff that's getting sucked in is now moving past you. Yep. Well, you're kind of so, wow. That's like in that's like in cartoons when they're trying to run away on the rug and they're just the, the like a cat's running away on a rug and a dog is behind pulling the rug back and they're just kind of <laughs> running in place and all the shit's going past them. That is a brilliant analogy for a black <laughs> hole and Hawking radiation. <laughs> nice. Say <laughs> <laughs> cartoons pays off. Right. Because how else can you explain ridiculous things that don't sound real? Yeah. (laughs) With other ridiculous things that aren't real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they go hand in hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so if you had some kind of detector, if you're sitting there floating and getting sucked in, this detector doesn't pick up anything. But if you're trying to accelerate away and all this stuff is moving past you, it's going to seem like fate space in that area is not empty, that it's just filled with stuff. And it's all relative based on how you're moving because the, the waves aren't actually canceling out. They're getting pulled past you. So the ex- this is a weird sentence, but the existence of particles near the event horizon depends on the observer. It's relative, not absolute. So already people are like, fuck you, Stephen Hawking. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's so you can see particles only if you're looking at them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or or, but I guess it's it's only if you're able to look at them. Yeah. Yeah, you have some. Which sounds ridiculous, but 
like how much other shit like that has come up in uh like science evolving like uh like uh Louis Pasteur and germs and shit like that like it was these things that we cannot see are there and there's evidence that they're there and it's like but we can't see them because uh we're not able to observe them pretty much because they didn't have microscopes and shit yet. Yeah. And then they got technology to look to see. And then suddenly it's like, oh shit, look at all this stuff we can see now that's on a microscopic level. Yeah. It turns out the dudes that we were like, no, was, yeah, that was right. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> <laughs> like watching an episode of house. Where it's like, oh, Dr. House, you're crazy. I was like, oh, he was right again. How about that? (laughs) Season seven. (laughs) Season seven. All right, Dr. House, I know we've said this before, but you've definitely had too much Vicodin this time. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Then why did I just perform surgery on my own leg? Son of a bitch. He did it again. Credits. I replaced my own <laughs> brain with someone else's brain. Saved everyone. <laughs> I think that was that happened. You can do self-brain D- surgery. Sure. Yeah. Sure you can. The professor in Futurama did it. So. Ah, that's all you need. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, cartoons are real. I believe that's yeah. what we've established so far. Mm-hmm. Um, that was okay. a real tough pill for me to swallow as a kid. Just like, nah, cartoons aren't real. You can't just do all this shit. And I was like, oh fuck, what's the fuck? Like things, things hurt, and yeah, you can't just stop in midair if you run off a cliff, and then as long as you don't look down, you'll be you can just walk back to the cliff. <laughs> You can't run through a painting of a tunnel as long as you believe. Yeah, Yeah, all that stuff. Very upset. And that's what got me asking questions. I was like, all right, if this isn't real, then nothing's real. (laughs) You're not far off, though. The, The more we talk about science, the more it seems like everything is just kind of what we perceive. And so getting back to uh, observing things as you're going through or as you're accelerating away from a black hole. So if one were to kind of like, let's just use the completely unrealistic example of you're flying your spaceship and it breaks down right near an event horizon and you're trying to get the engine started and it's just not turning over. It's the mass of the black hole is relative to what exit velocity you would need to escape being pulled into that, right? Yeah, depending, it's a different escape velocity depending on the mass. Sure. Yeah. So the bigger it is, obviously, the more exit velocity. Just like, just like a planet. Yeah. Essentially, with nice. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be moving. I was just going to ask, where were you when I was trying to learn this shit in high school? <laughs> a year ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, I was also also in high school. 
<laughs> sometimes I was down the hall. Sometimes I was right. two floors up. <laughs> you, you definitely saw. We ate lunch together. I think a bunch. So. Yeah, so. <laughs> I definitely saw me. <laughs> Why weren't you asking these questions at lunch, bro? <laughs> <laughs> we were making plans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how many how many conversations at a lunchroom in a high school go like no 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 this is what we're gonna do? And it's just like ugh, none of this is gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing had anything to do with school. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've just been doing that. We're not gonna do that now. <laughs> this is the time we we don't have to school. <laughs> Except for the nerds. All right. <laughs> Speaking of nerds, all right, strap in for this part. Ooh. So this yeah, what we've said so far is the easy stuff. So as you get further away from the black hole, these virtual particles can actually become real. They become a little bit more stable depending on how, how much further you go. Hmm. The reason for this is... And this is further away? You, further away from the black hole? Yeah, not much further. But okay. like once you get into regular space, they, they pop in and pop out and annihilate. Okay. It's just like somewhat further away from the event horizon. Okay. And the reason for this is once you cross the event horizon, based on the Penrose diagrams and other mathematical theories... But time and space basically switch properties. So, like, no matter what you're doing right now, you're moving through time. There is the future is inevitable. When you cross the event horizon, the singularity becomes inevitable. Space, no matter what you're doing, you're moving through space. So, like, that property kind of flips. And in a sense, time becomes a little bit more malleable, malleable, however you pronounce that word, because you can see light both from the future and from the past, some that might be in before you or after you, depending on how it's moving and shit like that. So it's it's not really an easy concept to grasp physically, but mathematically it works. Yeah. Man, it's like some reciprocal fraction shit. Yeah, and now to get even weirder, something that we've talked about in the past, antimatter, in essence, like a, a positron is an electron that experiences time in reverse. Reverse charges, like we've talked about right. that before, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I remember that. So now you're in this area beyond the event horizon where time and space are reversed. So positrons can exist there because time is reversed and that's how they experience time versus their corresponding electron, let's say. And again, we're talking about virtual particles on the other side are now further away maybe from that event horizon that they can exist where they're real. So basically what, what happens is the black hole absorbs this negative energy and gets smaller while the corresponding virtual positive energy escapes. That's Hawking radiation. <sighs> Holy shit, dude. There has yeah. not there has not been a sentence 
in a while that I've barely <laughs> been hanging on the entire fucking time. Holy it's, shit. Yeah. Whew. All right. So the <laughs> it's yeah. All right. So I don't even I might just have to say ask you to say something like that similar. Something similar to that again. So Yeah, no. I can't even I can't even recap. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> a, a way to think about it is imagine these virtual particles popping into existence. Mm-hmm. You can kind of think of it as the positive energy particle pops up on the correct side of the event horizon. Okay. The negative energy particle pops up on the black hole side of the event horizon. So the negative one gets pulled in and slowly shrinks the black hole and the positive one escapes because its pair got pulled in. It can't annihilate and it escapes as this radiation. And we don't know why or why would that? Why is the negatively charged being pulled in and the positively charged not? I mean, right. Because of what you just said, but why, why are they popping up on those two sides in the first place? That they they don't. That's just kind of the simplistic idea of how to think about it. Okay. And it's because it, the reason why it happens is because of the reversal of time and space be, on one side of the black hole versus that relative virtual particles that can exist on the okay. other side of the black hole. So it's a little bit deeper than that. But the the way to boil it down and think about it in simpler terms is one pops up and gets away, and the other pops up and gets sucked in and shrinks the black okay. hole somewhat. Yeah. So do they think that there's some type of uh, and you notice I'm not saying we anymore because I don't know that I can say we about this. <laughs> do they? Yeah. Do this is they, Steven. The, you say yeah. Steven. Does he? <laughs> did he believe? <laughs> um. So, is there any type of correlation to moving through? space with time as an uh, uh, with uh, the future as an inevitability being tied to positrons and when it gets reversed inside or negatively charged or the opposing side of the pair being tied to right the antimatter uh, moving through time with space the the singularity of the space as the inevitability um as like as far as how can we harness it kind of i guess that's probably what i'm getting at i don't know for sure i did just say a lot of words that i am uncertain about (laughs) (laughs) um i i don't i don't think that there's anything that we can harness from that the, but but there is a couple of crazy ideas that come for that. So as crazy as this sound, it's actually been proven. Like we're, we're at the point where th- this is real. This isn't, like I said, people in the 70s, people laughed at Hawking. But now it's like, holy shit, he's right. So the implications of that have gone into other things like uh, Kip Thorne from, that we talked about at Interstellar. 
one of his big theories is the holographic principle. And that can kind of borrow stuff from this Hawking radiation. And now that was his, the um, that was the uh, '80s sitcom about a principal who was never actually in the school, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was Tupac. It was, <laughs> it was Tupac, the principal. principal. <laughs> after he passed oh, away. Oh shit. <laughs> 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 Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. My apologies, you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> the holographic principle is a whole, like, I, I don't have notes on this, so I'd like, I'll, I'll do my best with it. But the idea is Kip Thorne basically figured out that the possible arrangements of molecules is in any given space is equivalent to the perimeter of that three-dimensional space, not the area, which is very important because the area would be 3D, Mm -hmm. but the perimeter is only 2D, and the possible configurations are only related to that two-dimensional space. So what that could potentially mean is that things that get sucked into the black hole there there may not be a singularity within that event horizon that everything is get pulling the information may be stored on the event horizon on that two-dimensional space and he basically extrapolates from that that everything we see may be a 3d representation of a two-dimensional space and that it's not <laughs> holy shit yeah it's all this hey you know how everything's 3d well what if it's not it's like oh, right god damn what it if we just <laughs> think it's 3d and that's how that's how we experience it but it's not yeah oh, to quote mitch hedberg man i should have just said yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, this gets, oh, the, yeah, it, it gets like melty as you get onto the uh, the edge of the, the cutting edge of physics shit, where we're still like maybe like some of the, some of this stuff, like even because like I just said, Hawking radiation is not a maybe anymore. It's like no, this this shit happens, and that's right. fucking weird. So like, all right, if that weird shit happens, what else? What else we got? Fucking hey, man. Yeah, this is heavy. And one of, one of the cool ways, actually, this is a cool thing. One of, one of the ways they figured out that this kind of stuff is real. In a lab, they've done things to recreate black holes. They'll, they'll actually have a big pool with a drain. And the drain is, uh, it pulls the water in at supersonic speeds. So it's faster than sound. So they'll send a sonic wave. And like the, there's an actual event horizon where the sound can't cross this barrier because the water is moving in faster than sound. Holy so shit. So they actually can, yeah. So they can recreate kind of stuff like that with water and sound to represent black <laughs> hole shit and do experiments. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Is there videos of this shit? Not that you could probably see any of it, but. Probably. I would imagine, I, yeah. And is that where they learn how to make the airplane toilets like flush really hard from that experiment? <laughs> I think that came first. Oh, <laughs> Maybe wow. they built on that technology. 
<laughs> oh shit idea is this? <laughs> they seem to say. Speaking of seem to say, I haven't fighting a pee, but I cannot. Again, don't feel obliged to talk. I will be back. Okay. Oh. So, for anyone, uh, <laughs> for anyone listening, <laughs> um, so we were talking about Hawking radiation. Just to go back to that. So Hawking radiation is thermal radiation. So you can actually measure it using Hawking's formula to get the temperature of a black hole. So that that's where all of that kind of ties in together. And the thing about black holes is the bigger they are, the colder they are. It's, it's one of the only things in existence that get hotter as they lose energy. Everything else... Typically, as you lose energy, it cools down, but but they actually get hotter as they lose energy. And the Hawking radiation would snowball, theoretically, because they're big and they last a long time. But theoretically, the Hawking radiation would snowball as they get smaller until it the evaporation kind of, uh, I guess, a chain reaction would take over and then they pop. Um and according to Roger Penrose, he believes that that pop uh, should cause it send a bunch of photons out and should cause a, a bunch of gravitational waves that could potentially be seen um, through other dimensions or if there is another epoch, epoch, however you pronounce that word, that you would be able to see them from one to the next if there is a... Uh, future universe after ours dies um but the uh that's that formula to get the temperature like i said it uses a bunch of uh various constants um the wavelength of particles which is the quantum side the speed of light on the relativity side the gravitation and uh, uh you know gravitational effect due to the mass of the black hole and thermodynamics is mixed into there as well. Man. Yeah, I just spit a whole bunch of nonsense. So, welcome back. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me, buddy. No uh, problem. If 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 the microphone was stronger, you would have thought that. Uh, Matter and antimatter was annihilating out of existence like rapid <laughs> In fire. Your it would yeah. just ah, 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 ah. Yeah. I really do have to get one of those giant urethras like you have. Cause these regular <laughs> sized ones, it's just I'm wasting so much time. It's all about muscle control too. You gotta be able to push. <laughs> You know, when I was younger and I would see older dudes or more accurately hear older dudes at the other urinals in the bathroom, I'd be like, how does that happen? Like, why does it take so much effort to pee? Like, there's just no problem. And here I am. Now I get it. (laughs) I know I have to go, but it's not doing it on its own. I got to coerce this. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, well, since you brought up old dudes in toilets, um, <laughs> and to how once you decide something's funny at one point in your life, be, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Being, locked in. being in a public restroom and then just hearing an old dude in a stall just ripping ass, like really fucking <laughs> farting, and like really getting the acoustics of the bowl in there. Like it doesn't sound real. Like that's how incredible it sounds. It's like this. Yeah. It's not gonna get any better than this. I don't know that anything's <laughs> gonna make me laugh on a visceral level like this. <laughs> Still, yeah, it's amazing. I swear, I wish I had the confidence of an old dude at the YMCA. <laughs> like they do not give a shit. It's just here's my balls. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. And does that come from just your entire life of you've just walked around with your balls out? And then you're just like, I've always done this. Yeah, or (laughs) does it switch flip? Do you get to a point where you're like, fuck towels, whatever. You want to (laughs) look, it's your problem. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to see this? Don't look. It's very... (laughs) (laughs) Your eyes are up here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, old dude's balls. Nice. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, us. Did did you have uh did you have a fun filling time again? I did. I think I, I spit more facts. Less jokey, more facty. Okay. I think. I don't remember now. <laughs> that was like 40, 48 seconds ago. <laughs> I don't remember which one it was, but you were there was one of them that it was like you were delivering it like uh like it had almost a weekend update vi- energy to it. Like you were just kinda Oh nice this is this thing and uh I'm gonna yeah, well that that's obviously what this is. And like it was just <laughs> it was very serious and dry and like delivered very straightly and it was it's pretty funny. Again, I don't Why remember. Why would they name it 9 11 Airlines? That reminds yeah, right. me of that tragedy. They <laughs> 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 say weekend update. I think Norm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think Norm. I think that joke. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of the best. Best told. Well, since we're on the topic of uh, weekend update anchors, uh, very quickly, I would like to bring up that I saw Colin Quinn. The other night in the city. Oh, nice. Uh, do stand up. Yeah, that's the first time I've ever seen him do it. That wasn't in like an amphitheater with tons of drunk idiots screaming at it. It was just like him just like working pretty low energy. I, I think my favorite thing about him is is that his obvious vocal crutch is, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he says it the exact same way twice in a whole set. Okay. Like be, Different ways of saying you know. Yeah, like well. Uh, uh you, you get here on the subway, you know, and uh it's in uh uh you know uh, and, and like it's he never says either word the same way twice in a row and it's yeah it's just great. I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, obviously I laughed at his jokes as well, but that's just that's just added gravy. Well, uh- I, as an as a fellow mushed mouth man with funny ideas, he's an inspiration <laughs> for me. <laughs> he does like his. I can kind of get his voice, but 
like to do like the the mumbling he does in like three quarters of a word that he says, like just enough of it's it's so difficult. Yeah. It yeah, it's he's not easy. No. Very unique. And who is he on? Uh he was on remote control with Kari War to bring it all That's back right. to something else we've done. And she cures cu- cures cooties, as we all know. She does. She does, in fact. <laughs> I've been cooties free for thirty something years at this point now. Thirty four years. Anaconda came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where'd you leave off with your uh so... Um I think it just kind of talked about oh, one of the things I wanted to bring up to you actually. I said I said this uh while we were gone, but What's cool about black holes is they are one of the only things, or if not the only thing in the universe, that as they lose energy, they heat up. Everything else, as you lose energy, it cools down. But but they are the bigger they are, the colder they are as compared to the rest of the universe. It's only as they shrink that they actually heat up, and it's because it's negative, it's antimatter rather than regular matter and stuff like that. You know, it's causing them to. Uh, Man, to lose mass. There's a uh, there's something to this antimatter. It it's a thing. Seem. Yeah. Yeah. But because that's so, if it's it gets smaller, it gets more intense with heat. For right? black holes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, the larger, and everything else, the, the smaller it gets, like the the less powerful it is kind of thing. So is, is there well, some... black holes get smaller because they're <laughs> losing energy. So with everything else, it's just as they lose energy, the colder they get. Cause I mean, heat in general is just a measure of the energy in molecules. Like when we're talking about what's the temperature outside today, if it's hot out, it's because the air molecules are very energetic. As it gets colder, they get less energetic. And heat makes the molecules dance and jump around and stuff and that's what makes it warmer out yep exactly oh shit and this is actually so i'm in the process of reading uh neil degrasse tyson's latest book and this is from the first chapter he noted that it's infrared energy that causes heat and our atmosphere is good at trapping it's translucent it lets the visible spectrum in the visible spectrum interacts with the molecules and when the molecules give off energy, they give it off in the infrared version and our atmosphere is good at trapping infrared energy in, which is why this planet is not freezing to begin with. And that's typically why in the summer, like afternoons are hotter than the mornings just because it's been all day. The sun's been warming up the earth and the earth has also been giving off this uh, heat that's been kept in. So it's not just the heat from the sun. It's the heat from the earth as well. Fun fact about that. I, um, I was unintentionally doing my own experiment. I found out experiments when I started working. Experiments. I would be outside at work before the sun was up. And then the sun would come up, and then like an hour or two later, it would get breezy. Like the wind would pick Ooh. up a little bit. 
And it was consistent. It was happening every morning. And then I Googled it. And it turns out the initial heating up of the Earth's surface after the sun comes up uh, causes moisture to evaporate up out of the surface of the Earth. And that changes the pressure. It's high pressure and low pressure. Just a very basic same principle as a weather system. Uh, they uh, like cause each other to move in opposite directions, and that makes it breezy in the mornings. That's so fucking cool. Right? It's fucking yeah. bananas. Like, I love the also just the idea of just like, this keeps happening. Why? And, <laughs> <laughs> and someone figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite part even more That somebody else figured it out And I can go oh okay yeah. cool <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to discover new shit I just want someone to reaffirm something That I've already seen <laughs> Right yeah okay this is real And it's a reason for it And Okay I'm not crazy That's the important thing <laughs> Yes Not and about there's that people out there that, <laughs> and There's people out there that are going They're lying to us You're fucking morons <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there is always some they that is lying, but they can't possibly be as big. Yeah, not about that kind of shit. Not about the, like, ooh, this is exciting. Why does this happen? Let me figure it out. Yeah, there's people lying about where your money's going that they're really using it for something else. There's people lying about why we're doing this thing because it's a cover-up and they're doing that thing. There's not people lying about why the fucking wind moves or that the sun is heating up molecules and just like hate I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> uh anyhow. See, uh, wind surface earth before yeah, Colin back to Hawking. Hawking, right, Hawking radiation. Yeah. Hawking. So some interesting things about Hulk. So that's that's radiation. That's black holes. We kind of, I, I think, beat that to death. But I just want to... Uh, some other cool things about Hawking was uh, he bet or made a gentleman's bet, I guess, with Peter Higgs. He said we wouldn't find the Higgs boson. And we did. Ooh. So he actually he admitted he lost his bet and said uh, Peter Higgs should be nominated for a Nobel Prize. Oh, nice. That, so that exists in England, aren't they? Aren't gentlemen's bets just called bets? Like, isn't that I already so, implied? Yeah. Right, you're a gentleman by default. Yeah. It's like I thought that <laughs> I, thought, I thought that's where we started with. I thought we were already. <laughs> so we're the only ones allowed to make bets. Um, <laughs> it'd be great if that was the case, and then he's like, "All right, all right, uh, Hawking, you lose," and fucking. What's his name? Phil Bose? No, it was Higgs. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Higgs. Peter Higgs. Phil Boson. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Peter Higgs and Phil Boson <laughs> of the legendary British pop duo Higgs Boson. <laughs> They had that. Hit, they had their one hit in the eighties. Bet you can't find me. <laughs> and then, in parentheses, hide and seek. <laughs> uh, 
I don't even remember where oh. I was going with that anymore. <laughs> <coughs> oh, shit. Philip K. Bozon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's the shit. And there's very, yeah. uh, there's very big of the two of them. <laughs> Thank you for finding that. Yeah. <laughs> what other neat stuff you got? That's all right. Hawking. So I sent you that John Oliver video where oh, John yeah. Oliver interviewed Stephen Hawking. That was real good. And yeah, and it was funny. We we can share that in the links. But uh, one of the things that John Oliver asked was, what is your idea that hasn't been used for science fiction? Because most of his ideas have been pulled into various things. Mm. And he said, imaginary time, because most uh, science fiction writers don't understand it. And uh, fair enough, because it's if you thought that other shit we talked about was confusing... Wait until we talk about imaginary time. <laughs> yeah, how does how does that work outside of a preschool classroom? Okay, so <laughs> it's a trick. It's basically a trick with math, and that that's kind of what it boils down to. So when it comes to things like the Big Bang, there is if you're doing Einstein's equations again, you get to a singularity where everything contracts to the point where the entire universe is in one spot at the same time and math just breaks. You get things that come out to infinity, dividing by zero, all that good stuff. So um, the trick is, so if you picture an x-axis, you have a line going across, you pick any point on that Mm x-axis, that's a point in time. If you take that x-axis where at whatever point and flip it at that point to a y axis now what you're looking at is everything happening at the same time you have to think of it that way all the things on this timeline on the x axis are now flipped so that everything happens at the same exact time on this line so let's do if, that if if, if oh, i may yeah. just to help better illustrate it and also help me better yes. understand it so let's say that along this x axis uh you stop at 1980 the dot that would represent the year 1980 everything that happens in 1980 is now that represented within that y axis so if you stop it at January 1st, 1980 mm-hmm. on the x-axis and okay. then you flip it so it's a y-axis, right. everything from the Big Bang until the heat death of the universe mm. happened on January 1st of 1980. I am glad I asked you for clarification because holy fuck, yeah. that's way more stuff than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's everything ever. I was out here like, oh yeah, you and and your cousin and a couple of our other <laughs> friends that are all born in 1980, and John Lennon got killed all in the, in the same, all at once. But no, it's fucking everything, everything ever, everything, Beca- everything ever possible. Why? Why, and the way why you then do how that, or whichever order you want to do those in? <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why is because again, because you're doing math. 
going back to the singularity and math breaks. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, fuck, I can't do any math further back in time. So you do that flip. The way to do the flip is you multiply whatever by the square root of negative one, which is I, which is an imaginary, because you can't get a square root of negative one. It's an imaginary number. Is that, that one of those really what's exist. his name numbers that we discussed? Grossman numbers? Gross, 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 no, this, numbers? This, is, this is your standard run-of-the-mill imaginary number trigonometry like we may have learned it back then <laughs> yeah this this isn't this is even like grossman numbers is a whole nut like even imaginary and regular numbers and fractions and decimals they weren't good enough like the, this grossman numbers have different properties from numbers in general yeah that's a whole yeah okay all right these are just regular imaginary <laughs> <laughs> But but the the bottom line is, I mean, this this sounds very complicated and is very complicated. But to simplify it, because of that singularity, to avoid that singularity, you multiply by this i. Mm. So you're flipping everything on it on its y-axis from the x-axis. Now you do your math, and you're in like a different. Uh, um, I think it's called the x-axis. I think it's called Minkowski space, mm. and then the y-axis is called Euclidean space. So you're doing all your multiplications in this Euclidean space, which basically has no boundary. There's no time boundary. There's no t equals zero. You can do whatever you need to do mathematically. Then when you're done with your equation, you can divide and you can undo that original thing that you did. So you can do your equations with no worry about any kind of singularity because there is no time boundary. You get your answer and then you flip it back from Euclidean to Minkowski space, which is reality, and you can get your answer that way. Shit. Yeah. So, and that, so one of the, oof, man, I'm going to try my best to get this one out. <laughs> oh, man. So, no, no, yeah. All right. He was, he's a very, he was a very smart man. <laughs> That's another thing, by the way, like, I don't care that he's dead, and this goes for everyone that's dead. Like, well, he was very smart. Nope, he is still very smart because nobody else is there yet. Yeah. So he is <laughs> right. still yeah, he... very smart, in my eyes. Right. He's still he holds he holds the record for being smart. Absolutely, he's got the strap. <laughs> no one's fucking challenging him yet. He is right. still the, the reigning smart. Right, come for the crown. Yeah. All right, so, man, now I'm trying to remember the thing I was going to ask. All right, so, but that's kind of how stuff starts. Like, ideas start, like, all this stuff that comes out of doing math is it's like, all right, well, it works mathematically. It works on its most base, simplest level in how we interpret the universe. Is because math yeah. math can and will be right over and over and over and over again every single day. or not not just you can replicate it every time once you have yeah. it figured out it works the same way every single time so by doing that you like that's kind of the framework for what's eventually going to be a, a bigger crazier idea and it might not have. Been, it, it's how you yeah. paint in. It's like how you fill in the rest of it. That's where all like the experiments and like the like the yeah. the coloring in 
and finding out exactly how it's like yeah ah, it, it starts in theory mm-hmm. and and once it gets all right this theory is sound we've we've done all the various equations and this looks good then it goes from theory to experiment and then the experiments try to prove that whatever crazy equation the theorist came up with is is accurate and then we get cell phones and <laughs> whatever <else. laughs> all the good stuff that we have yeah i mean I, I don't know where understanding imaginary time will will lead us but who knows because i'm sure we didn't know the other shit yeah like and if it's if it's everything that ever happened all at once like maybe that's like a multiversal thing or or, or just just time travel if everything's happening all at once then you can pinpoint your exact spot you could be inside the tesseract and try to tell you, try to tell yourself stay home and fucking see, see yeah stay <laughs> stay. Yeah, stay i didn't stay when i told you i thought i was gonna Don't leave that girl <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things is how it that voice sounds as good as I hoped it did in recording. It doesn't. It doesn't sound the same through this, but when listening to it played back and recording and properly produced, it's like good. That's <laughs> no. The out of nowhere, no, you're not. Got yeah. me every time. <laughs> no, she was like, "I'm coming." He was like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> <Nailed it. clears throat> That's fucking crazy shit, okay. man. One more weird thing. So according to Hawking, and there was, I forget who else, there was someone else that he worked with, but uh, they they came up with this idea that if you go back far enough in time that there is no time, it actually gives way to space. There's a certain point where time no longer, because what we're living in now, the four-dimensional space-time, Mm-hmm. He's saying that this singularity, as you approach it, time gives way to space, and time no longer exists, but space still does. So Hawking was a proponent of the uh, multiverse theory to think that there's other instances of universes outside of our own in some kind of greater hyperspace type thing. All right, so... Just to help me visualize this again. And um, so x-axis, you got two arrows pointing outward on either end. And then halfway through, it's time on the right, and then it's space on the left. Or like maybe it's like a, a transitional thing where it's like like kind of like a crossfade with audio where the, the space gets a little bit heavy or a little bit more prominent and the time becomes a little bit less prominent kind of thing until on either ends of the spectrum, it's all time and all space on the other end. So I, I think a, rather than an arrow on both ends, mm-hmm. you're going to have a point on one end. The big bang is going to be the start of time. Right. And if you, as you get back to that, before that mm-hmm. is something that we don't understand 
uh, I guess is the best way to put it. But in, in Hawking's theory, it would be before that, if you can call it a before, mm-hmm. there's still space. But the the idea of time doesn't come into play until the Big Bang and until things like entropy and, and stuff like that starts to actually exist. Because that, that came up in the Interstellar episode again it's like if you're in that fifth dimension you're outside entropy and you're outside decay and you're like that doesn't all affect so and that right and those are all uh for lack of a better way of putting it like byproducts of time of the passage of time if time isn't passing theoretically those things aren't going to happen exactly yep yes it's a it's a dot on one side but an arrow on the other Oh, that okay. can go and 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 that fifth dimension you can step back and you can look at any point along that that line or what was that called an array or when it when it's a dot uh, it yeah a one. dot then a line with an arrow on the end yeah ray sounds right yeah i'll allow it yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah the, the ray <clears throat> of time rather than a timeline so all right still trying to wrap my head around this one all right, so you have the ray of time, and you have the dot, the line, arrow at the end. So during that line, there's a trend, like I was saying, the the transition of it's predominantly time and a little bit of space, or am I still not looking at that in the way that you're explaining it? Like... Okay. Like for example, um, like let's say there's a hundred percent space on one end and no time, and they each move up incrementally to where they eventually pass each other. So I, I think it's more at the dot. It's kind of just space. Okay. And then time is born, and then space time exists <laughs> as is. It's not like time doesn't take over, and then there's less space, and it's more time. It's they are now one going forward okay. forever. Okay. All right. So then, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. the arrow represents time. Yes. Yeah, that's actually perfect. Yeah, it doesn't exist before that oh, dot. But then man. once that dot happens, now time happens and time continues. See, I had this idea yeah, and, during the Interstellar episode, and I didn't say it out loud. And then I listened to that one again. And I was like, "Fuck, I should have said that out loud." So now that it's come back up, like in obviously a very abstract way, because there's no other way to look at this. <laughs> but the yeah. like the idea of like heaven and paradise in religions is like one of the like. You're just there. You're there with everything. You're there, everything all at once. And there is no passage of time and nobody dies and everything is just there. Like, so then again, this is uh, K through 12th grade in a Catholic school. So <laughs> that's probably always in the back of my head. Yeah. But <clears throat> Like, yeah, just that idea of heaven is just outside of time or whatever the afterlife is, whatever you want to call it, is outside of time. And just right. there's only space. And it's 
it's more abstract than, oh, you're there with all your dead pets and everything. Everyone's having <laughs> ice cream at once. And... You, yeah. <clears throat> you want money? You could just think about it and you have money. Yeah. It's, it's, in, in, instead of that, it's more of a just like, no, you're just you're just part of everything and everything coexists at the exact same time and just is. I mean, yeah, I, that, that's a meta, metaphysical way of looking at it. And I kind of, I, I can't imagine a third party or an outside actor or something outside the universe. So like that idea of, of heaven or hell being something different kind of doesn't jive with me. Yeah. But the idea that energy can't be created or destroyed, and here we are, beings of energy, like when we pass away, what's to say that our energy doesn't reunite with the potential energy of the universe in general? I mean, I don't know that you have a a human consciousness, but who knows what the fuck after that? Yeah, it's energy energy just always kind of moves into something else, right? Or, Or at least it affects something else and that kind of keeps moving so yeah it what's crazy is the more we talk about this shit like the more the george carlin big electron thing that he talked about and i forget which which special that was during but yeah yeah just 1994 (laughs) but yeah when i couldn't possibly handle the shit that he was trying to shove in my head (laughs) (laughs) yeah No, but he's not like he's a smart guy in as far as not only the way he looked at you know day to day shit, but the way he did look at the big picture. Like even his, I, I pray to the sun and I worship the sun and pray to Joe Joe Pesci. <laughs> those, those lines are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. God damn it! He's deep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking a. And that's wild. Yeah. Black holes are crazy. Yeah, and can you imagine talking about this shit as your fucking job? Like or or not even talking about it, coming up with this, figuring this out. Like the like he deserves that, that equation to be printed on his grave because holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> How did you think of that? <laughs> Like their yeah. job is all right. I've finally done enough math that I can explain this thing. <laughs> and my job is like I put something into a, a an Excel sheet and go, Ugh, I've finally done enough math. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's cra- it's it's like it's it's looking at it like and I might be grasping at straws. Nope, that's not a good analogy. Never mind. Cool. Not grasping at straws. That was a good analogy for what I was trying to come up with. But <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> no, just like understanding math to that level and, and just being excited to do more math because what you're going to get out of it. Like, if it feels like for, like physicists and I guess mathematicians and uh, like 
it's it's all the result. It's not the journey. It's all the destination. Yeah. Whereas like what you can make it work. Yeah. Or you know, I guess it is. Maybe it is the journey then, because you know where you're trying to get to. And it's how do I get there? And then you're trying. And then, man, I'm talking. That's the the scientific method. Yeah. Yeah. Once you have your hypothesis, and then you pull in your. But that, and and that's the thing about once you get into the experimental side, where observations go. What the fuck? <laughs> that was that wasn't supposed to be like that. Yeah. Then you got to kick it back over the fence and tell the hey hey theorists, you said this was going to happen, but that that's not what happened. That's way off. And then the theorists got to like factor that in and figure out the uh, all right. Well, like like for example, all right, we got gravity. Everything that spins around the center of mass of the galaxy based on the gravity. As you get further out, it should be slower because the further out you get, that's more energy spinning outward. The gravitational pull shouldn't be able to hold that based on the mass of the stuff that we could see. Mm-hmm. Great. Kick that over the experimental physicist. And they go, we're looking at the stars. They're moving way quicker than your equation says. Kick it back over the fence. And that's when the theorists go, there's got to be some mass that we don't see. And then dark matter gets invented. And then the more they start to pick apart where it's all right. So we'll throw this other mass into the equation because there's clearly some mass that we can't see. Now the equations work. And now when the experimental physicists look at it, they go, Oh, you're right. The stars move according to that thing you said. And when we look at these far away, massive objects, the light warps the way you said they would based on this invisible mass. So that that's where the idea of dark matter came from. It came from the math and how it didn't agree with what the observations were. And then they had to somehow correlate the two. <sighs> Fucking A. Yeah. That's crazy shit. All of it. All of this was fucking bananas. <laughs> I hope we laughed on this episode because yeah, there was a lot of just holy fuck. We did. Yeah, there were jokes. Yeah. There were definitely jokes. Yeah. There's always, <laughs> there's always jokes. <laughs> Fucking the British pop duo of Higgs boson. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> That's a clip right there. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, under the guise of science at Gmail. Facebook and Instagram guys always spelled G U I S E. Under the guise of science, we're on YouTube, we're on TikTok, and on X, we are at Science Guys. Is it really called also, X now? Like officially? I guess so yeah. Ugh. Eh. <laughs> it's what that's what my app says after I updated it. It moved from. <laughs> Screen three to screen four because of alphabetical order. <laughs> it's now X. Yeah. <laughs> I like Twitter better. It makes more sense. But Elon Musk is. Let's do an episode on what a douche Elon Musk is. <laughs> and yeah, so many, so many times where I was like, "Ah, oh, man, this guy seems like he's really cool," and then he just. 
Yeah, no, he could save the world if he wanted to, but instead he wants to fucking fight Mark Zuckerberg, who, by the way, will beat the fuck out of Elon Musk. Yes, I don't he know will. if you've seen Mark Zuckerberg training. Yeah, no, he's a beast. Yeah, he's <laughs> compared to nerds, not compared to you know actual beasts. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I will. If you want to have the battle of the marks and have Zuckerberg versus Henry, <laughs> fucking <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> sexual chocolate world's strongest man father of a hand born of a lady <laughs> mark, <laughs> mark henry will rip mark zuckerberg's arms off i feel like if we had a barbecue and and mark henry was the cook and he was actually manning the grill he could beat the shit out of Mark Zuckerberg while manning the grill and wouldn't burn anything. Nope. <laughs> it would be fine. Every burger would be as rare or well done as somebody preferred. <laughs> <laughs> but he could beat up probably Elon Musk and me. I'll throw my, he could probably beat me up. I'm, I'm fine with that. But Elon Musk, don't bite off more than you could chew. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> far barf is fun. <laughs> Listen yeah, yeah. to far barf ASAP. See yeah. you next time, fuckers. <laughs>